Hello, this is Michael O'Dee. Welcome to Digital Racket, episode number three. On this episode, I am talking with Nyvek Ogre of Skinny Puppy. He's also an actor, and he's done a whole lot of other things. Uh, he's actually got a lot of slow material out under the name Ogre. I spoke to him at Motor City Nightmares back in September, and I know this is November. I went the entire month of October without an episode, and I feel really bad about that because my intention was always to do two episodes a month. I'm finding that with all the photo shooting that I'm doing, it's a tough to squeeze in a podcast as well. So, you know, I think I'm going to back off to just one a month, but they're going to be very good episodes. And if I do two a month, what I may do is one interview and then the next episode may just be me covering a topic and talking about it on the podcast and hopefully making it interesting for you. This interview is amazing uh, because Nivek Ogre is somebody I've wanted to talk to for ages. In fact, uh, Skinny Puppy, I was introduced to them in a freshman year of college. I was listening to a lot of uh, synth-oriented music at the time, but a lot of synth-oriented music appeared to be a lacking... Uh, a certain, let's say, a certain toughness about it, or a, or it definitely fell into a nicer vein than some of the other music I was listening to. Then I came across Skinny Puppy, and I was introduced to a whole new world of very aggressive, harsh electronic music, with a uh, definitely a sense behind it about uh, speaking about atrocities and things and things of that nature, and. Uh, definitely started liking skinny puppy quite a bit i'll be quite honest with you and, and still say that i have a hard time listening to an entire skinny puppy album all the way through because their beats are so harsh and because there are a lot of elements within their the within their sound that uh is hard for me it's hard to take an entire record of but i love a lot of the material and i definitely there's a best of skinny puppy there's a 12 inch greatest hits those i can listen to non-stop and in fact uh, vivisex 6 is my favorite record by them and that has a lot of good material on it their live shows amazing i've seen them uh, i think four times uh, and i saw them live last year took a lot of photos of the show and i brought those photos to nivek ogre who was at the Motor City Nightmares convention, and he really dug the photos. Dug them so much that I put them on a USB for them, and he's uh, since, I think, used them at other locations. So I appreciate that, but while you know he was talking about how much he liked them, I asked him if I could talk to him for a bit, get a little interview in, and he was more than happy to sit down with me on a Sunday, I think around, oh, I think it was around noon, and we spent about a half hour hanging out at his table, having a really good time, talking about Skinny Puppy, talking about his theatrics and all the things he does. And that's what you get in this 20-minute interview that I have coming up. And uh, hopefully that will, you know, that'll give you some forgiveness, you know, of me for going an entire month without an episode. And October is my favorite month. It is the month of where I get to take photos of people in costumes on a regular basis. So that kept me really busy. But you can, there's so much of that of, that's out on the internet now that you can go see over at the Metro Times, photos.metrotimes.com site. One last thing before I go into the interview with uh, Nivek Ogre. I have a new podcast affiliate. The podcast affiliate is GoDaddy. I've got some links and offers. The easiest thing to do is go to my website and check out uh, for this episode. You'll see for in the notes all the codes that you need, but I'll go through them real quickly. The first one is CJCDRM99. That's for 99cent.com for one domain name, $9.99 each additional one, which is a great deal. The next one is CJCDRM1H. That's a dollar a month economy-wide hosting plus a free domain. That's an incredible deal. In fact, I'm thinking of starting up a regular blog website for Digital Racket, and I would use that code. The last one is CJCDRM30. That's 30% off new order purchases, no minimum. 
by using these codes, you save yourself some money and you give me a little bit of money to keep doing what I do and to keep doing uh, going out to the things that I enjoy. So go ahead and check out the GoDaddy area of my website. Uh, look at the show notes. You'll see all the codes. And uh, now let's get on the interview with Nivek Ogre. I want to talk about the evolution of the visual aspect of Skinny Puppy. Like, how did it start and did it evolve as the band went on through the years? Uh, Skinny Puppy started, uh, I think, if I really look back on it, uh, started in my childhood uh, when I was interested in magic. And I was uh, a failed magician in the sense that uh, I was very shy, I stuttered, uh, my misdirection was terrible, my patter was horrible. Uh, my parents loved my shows because when I was trying to make someone look over to the right, I would drop what's to the right, to the left of me, and, and uh, the tricks would all go bad. And uh, I realized in the first couple of Skinny Puppy shows that uh, everything went wrong. For example, uh, we, we, we did two stunts. One was uh, we had a trapdoor on the stage, so we thought, oh, we'll do a hanging. Uh, and to, to like, to like uh, that'll start the show with me being dragged out of the, the bowels of the stage and up into the air, and what a visual sight that would be. Well, being young and stupid, I, I had a, a, a cue that I'd hold my thumb up over my head, like, thumbs up, everything's okay with the harness. We built a harness just out of straps. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the show started, a din of music, no one could hear anything, and we, we over-smoked the stage. They hauled me up in strobe lights. Immediately I was hung by the neck because the, the harness didn't work. So I reached up to grab the rope like this with my thumb kind of up. They thought I was good to go, so they dragged me up, and I, I, I sat there for about a minute and a half uh, strangling and and then fell to the ground my voice was gone and the show was just you know uh, a disaster of learning and another magic trick <laughs> gone wrong the second thing we did was we tried to do uh, which went off perfectly until the end we uh, uh, wanted to have somebody come out of, you, could, you could never do this again we wanted to have somebody come out of the audience with a gun and say fuck you skinny puppy excuse my French and uh, the, the crowd parted and uh, they walked up I had a chest plate on, on my bare skin with a flash pot, an old rock and roll flash pot loaded with gunpowder and blood and meat, fake blood and meat, and, uh, and we had it strapped on the back and on the front, and then we, we didn't know at that time about pyrotechnics, mm -hmm. so we didn't know you should just use 9-volt batteries or, or you know, uh, you know, a, a you know, battery pack to set off the charge. We plugged it into the wall. <laughs> So the guy came out back, you know, fuck you, skinny puppy, boom, shot the shot, you know, the crowds parted, shot the gun, everything went off perfectly. There's actually a shot on uh, Back and Forth, one of uh, uh, our Back and Forth series uh, releases that has a picture of me with my arms back, flailing back, my hair is standing straight up because I'm being electrocuted at that point. It went off perfectly, though. they blew off, everybody was just completely freaked. I hit the ground, I started contracting, relaxing, contracting. A little girl came up on stage, grabbed my leg, and said, "I want to, I want to have sex with you." I won't use the word. And uh, and uh, and uh, and and then she grabbed my leg and felt the contractions and kind of, you know, pulled back in aversion. And uh, that was the end of that. And uh, you know, what I found is just that you know a lot of skinny puppy shows have been happy accidents and discovering things. So what I try and do, uh, you know, from these earlier years, you know, it progressed to where there is. Uh, a little more defined thought and a little bit more um, of a uh, solid foundation for the effects that I was going to do from that point on. And then it just became something that was uh, 
built into the whole process of going through, uh, you know, recording, touring, and uh, and performing, you know, and so and so the uh, the, the uh, shows just kept developing and developing and developing, and and they're just basically an extension of my ill-fated magic career. A lot of bands have like just a signature look to them, like Kiss and their makeup. But Skinny Puppy, every tour, you have a new concept. Yes. So you just kind of think of you develop those in between. Like this time, I want to do this. They're not only concepts though. You have a message as well. There is. Yes. Do you feel like it, that actually kind of comes out, or? I'm not so much concerned about um, how it comes out visually with the message as much as uh, just the abstract nature of it, which creates questions, and then you can mm. talk about the concept behind it. You know, for example, we did an abstract on radiation uh, and radiation exposure, and what I'm, you know, it's it's my, you know, nod to Fukushima, which is still going on and unabated, uh, unreported. You know, you've got three China syndromes on an island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with an aquifer running through it and they're basically saying now that um, it's, uh, it's it's the equivalent of a Hiroshima-sized bomb going off every 36 hours since March 11, 2011. That's where we're being inundated with. It's silent, you know, there's no, there's no smell, no taste, no sight to this thing. So, you know, I did an abstract on the idea of this alien creature uh, bringing Pandora's box we had two boxes. We had a box that opened out to create a, a screen that we we, uh, we we keyed video on. But inside that box was another box, and that was Pandora's box that contained this this uh, this, this this uranium, this this active radioactive isotope element. And that was released onto uh, these various characters that I created. The first was a dog. And the dog showed respect to it, but still touched it and got infected by it. Progressed to an ape that had more hubris and kind of opened the box, got in, uh, got exposed to it, and then an imperfect human who was uh, completely, you know, irradiated, boils, everything. These are all half masks with teeth. Uh, I had a friend from Teen Wolf work on the prosthetic teeth for me, so I had wiggle teeth. I could pull a tooth out at that point because I was I was decimated by radiation, and I, I we'd, we'd have a GoPro on that right in the front of the audience, pull the tooth out, and then hand it out to an audience member. Which was great. It was just, it was just you know, those are little things that, that you know, when, when, when they work, you're just going, this is amazing. And then it progressed to uh, my nod to uh, Twilight Zone, and an episode. One of my favorite episodes is Eye of the Beholder, uh, and uh, I, the last mask is the mutant, the, the final kind of uh, extension in a Tyvek suit. You know what's left of the human race in this mutated form. So, so that this creates questions about things, and it's also very visual. But, but um, you know the. They're broad strokes, and then as the tours go on, you start filling in the details. So I tend to, you know, the, the uh, guy that really helps me build this stuff, who's our guitar player, Matthew Setzer, a very talented guy from CalArts, who's built a lot of stuff. He, he, this, um, he, he had a great analogy. He says, Ogre just needs a playground. You just uh, you put a bunch of stuff out there that he wants, and then you just watch him find, discover, and it, it evolves over the tour. So, so with a lot of people... You know, a lot of hip-hop stars, it becomes a little blurry between who they are on record and who they are in real life. A lot of people have that split between them. Do you have that, or how do you think about your character as an ogre and then who you are on a daily basis? Well, I mean, ogre uh, is an extension of a very painful past for me. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky to make uh, lemonade out of lemons in a lot of ways, and, and ogre uh, has allowed me to work through so many issues in my life, whether it was, sh you know, shyness, like mm -hmm. I told you before, I stuttered very bad when I was young. Um, 
you know, all of these things kind of were, were pushed into that character and then put out on stage, exposed to the light, so to say. So I've been very lucky to um, not be in a, not that deny, I'm saying denial, I'm using denial in a, in a very benign way, but, but it, it made it so that any kind of weakness I had was exposed. And generally, when you expose weaknesses, you can push through it like that's a paper wall. You know, whatever that fear was, it's a paper wall. Mm -hmm. So it gave me a lot of opportunity to um, to uh, really discover myself and also expose a lot of um, the bumps and hurts that were hidden below the surface, the, 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 uh, the infection under the scab, so to say, and clean those out and become a better person. I think. I've seen concerts. I mean, sometimes it's weird because you say you're a magician, so yeah, a lot of times it, I remember seeing glass cutting that you've done on stage, and it looks real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I love doing that stuff. You know, I mean, that, that, that goes back to my love of horror mm -hmm. and of special effects, uh, special effects makeup and all that stuff. And then uh, to, to be able to do those things theatrically and pull them off, you know, is, is a lot of fun. So I've had a lot, have a lot of experience with knives. And cutting, and you know, uh, you know, ear syringes, and you know, just it's it's fun, and and it's and it's and you know, when it works, it works really well. You know, it's really effective. You know, not that you want to, you know, it's, it's it's always done the light of not like look at me, look what I'm doing. You know, please follow suit. It's a cautionary tale. It's it's like a fairy tale, and that and that runs into horror too, because I believe horror movies are cautionary tales. You know, they're 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 uh, cautionary tales, where they also mimic. Uh, and uh, exaggerate or exacerbate what's going on in society. So now we have, you know, we're seeing kind of this idea of, of a breakdown in society, so there's tons of zombie movies and there's tons of the end, you know, it's all end of world stuff, what are we gonna do next, kind of like, you know, and, and you, you know, you like go back to the 50s with the radiation monsters, you know, you see how these, these trends are always fitted in mm -hmm. with, with horror movies according to what the social climate is of the country at the time. And they're very much pin, pinned towards that, you know. All the remakes, you know, you watch the remakes of movies and you see, wow, it's just, it's very interesting to look at. You can, you can compare it to what's going on with the social, you know, and, and politics of the times. Or, you know, John Russo with Night of the Living Dead. I mean, all that stuff's based on a real heavy political kind of background, you know, in a lot of ways, you know. Or satirizing it in some way, too, you know, in a right. dark, very dark way. <laughs> <laughs> there are times, though, that it's actually got you into trouble. The people don't quite get it, or it's gotten you... Got me arrested. Got me arrested. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, we we like, did a tour on uh, on vivisection, and I had a uh, a stuffed dog that was uh, articulated, and uh, I guess I was good at puppeting the the articulated dog. And in Cincinnati, somebody called the police, even though there's an animal testing facility right across the street from the venue. Called the police and said I was ripping apart a dog on stage, and the police came. The detectives came. And realized that uh, that they, they 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 didn't have a real dog, and so busted us on disturbing the peace or whatever that was, you know, and uh, and took us to jail for the night. And uh, you know, uh, you know, another example from that tour was I was in Frankfurt, and a bunch of uh, guys who were on a military base came to the show. And they were like, man, I really love the show. I fucking love when you rip that fucking dog apart. And I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> missed the point on that one, you know. But again, it's it's all uh, it's all it's all give and take when it comes down to you know performance art and any kind of theater that doesn't have a narrative along with it. It's open for interpretation. 
In the last tour you were on, I, you, you have different outfits, and you kind of destroy them throughout the outfits. So you're at these shows, and I kept, do you have different outfits every time you play, and does well, it that, get expensive? Well, no, that tour was actually a patronage. Um, a woman from Lip Service, which is uh, an old uh, clothing company from the 80s and 90s, very famous kind of goth. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, they, they were the first ones to print uh, patterns on, on, on tights. So they had a dagger on tights and, and lip services were a huge company for a while the owner of that uh, autumn uh, Wallace is, is, uh, is a, a fan of, of the band has always been uh, a very kind supporter so she uh, went out of her way to she bought the suits we had one for every night and then she wanted me to auction them off for her charity which was an animal animal uh, rights charity so uh, we we auctioned the, the, the uh, so she, she made a little handkerchief with a logo and then we auctioned them off every night and the money we gave to her at the end to give to what her charity was and so we ended up uh, raising about I think seven or eight thousand uh, dollars you know and even within that we gave some money to a pit bull rescue from our, our, our merch guy in Long Island who very volunteers for and we also gave some money to uh, at the time we were touring last uh, that that incident happened at the, the, the club in France in Paris mm-hmm. shooting in the club. right and one of the merch guys uh, who was a friend of our merch guy was murdered that night and uh, so we gave money to his family from that fund too so you know all the money was donated uh, it was a patronage but yes that kind of stuff would cost us a lot and you know we're not obviously a mainstream band you know we're not we're a cult band and I'm lucky enough to have some amazing patrons uh, Chris Gallagher who's the uh, lead makeup guy on Teen Wolf which is a show I'm currently working on uh, as a as a you know, uh, um, one of the villains this season, uh, and and he's uh, I've worked with him on two tours now. He he did all he he does Johnny Depp's teeth. He is the prosthetic teeth guy in Hollywood, and he did all the teeth for these masks. And then I have another guy, Tim Gore, who made all these half masks for me. And so um, and there's very little cost involved in that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do these things. So you have a reoccurring role. Have you been on Teen Wolf before this season? No. 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 I, I was on set once when, when Jen Lynch was um, was directing. Cause I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very good friends with her husband and my ex-girlfriend knew Jen. So we kind of always were circling around. But then when, when Jim and I met, you know, Jim, Jen's husband is an amazing bohemian artist. Mine just blows me away. And they're, they're amazing people. So I went down the set once to watch her work on the team while directing once, one episode. And then, uh, you know, there was a call for uh, these ghost riders. And Chris called me in, and I fit the suit, and uh, and you know got the gig. Teen Wolf is actually kind of a hidden little gem for MTV. People don't realize that it. it's actually a pretty good show. It is. Uh, it's it's beyond pretty good. It's 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 a really slick production. Um, everybody that works on it is amazing. You know, I was lucky enough. The production manager was a fan of the band, and the guy that signs the checks was a fan of the band. Uh, so. So I, I had my business sorted out completely. Uh, they're in their sixth. This is their last season, right. unfortunately. But um, but yes, I totally agree. It's the number one show on MTV. Uh, it is their number one show, and uh, it's um, it's a really well produced show. And the acting is top notch. It's really it's really it's a really slick production. And uh, you know I'm honored to be on it. It's a lot of fun. You know, and it's really close to home for me. I have to travel usually. Uh, to, to like to like work and so this is the first time in almost 30 years that I've been able to drive to work and it's and then the, the studio is out uh, right near me in, in, in the valley they moved from Balboa which is kind of further in towards um, Los Angeles 
I am about 50 miles outside of Los Angeles. It seems like a long ways, but it's not. <laughs> and, and it's that huge place. Uh, it's still all very connected. But the studios are out in Chatsworth now. They moved even closer to me. So it's like, it's like a, a beautiful drive with no traffic even for me down the mountain you know, into Chatsworth and into my trailer and I, the makeup is really easy and then, uh, you know, it's just a really, you know, I'm driving home going, this is unreal, you know, this is like fantastic, so. Are you selective with your acting parts or just kind of like, I, do you want to do more? Yeah, yeah, I want to do more, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I am a little selective in the sense that, uh, you know, I don't have to do everything, although... Mm -hmm. You know, trying to develop a reel and get some more stuff. You know, the, the, I, I, I have mixed, you know, I've asked, I've asked for opinions and they're mixed. Some people say do everything you can and other people say pick and choose what, what you can. So, so I'm trying to kind of balance the two and, and you know, I, there's, one, there's one thing I passed on because uh, it was a last minute thing mm -hmm. and they're, they're willing to pay the dough I asked. When I looked at the script, it was a, um, I was playing a Hispanic sheriff. And so I realized that the production really is, must be either scrambling or and they, and and they said no no we'll we'll like rewrite it on on, on the on the day of and I'm like no that doesn't sound like fun to me you know and and so I I did pass on that one uh, just recently and and uh, you know for better or for worse who knows could have been a breakout role for me no but <laughs> but so there's there's little things like that and I mean I'll always be loyal to uh, to Darren Bowsman and Terrence Zunich mm -hmm. because they. Uh, uh, they kind of gave me my first shot with Pavi and Repo, the genetic opera. So I'll always be loyal to certain people, and uh, and you know stand up if called, if needed, for sure. You know. And you're doing the horror convention circuit. And I'm doing and I'm doing the horror convention circuit. I've done this for I guess I don't know how many years now. You know about three or four, maybe even five years. I've done you know a few conventions a year. You know. Um, do you think that do you get anybody uh, a little more apprehensive about approaching you because they've seen your live show and they're like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" Well, because you're, you're very personable. I mean, extremely. Well, you're when the I, most. When I, when I first did Repo, uh, you know, I got a call from the producer because they wanted actors yeah. that could sing. They didn't want singers yeah. that could act. So, when I got the the role, I got a call from the producer and they said, "Okay, we're gonna we're gonna hold you. They want you to be up in Toronto for the whole time because maybe they thought I was." You know, a maniac, and, and and they said no, no, no drama or, or or diva actions on the set. And I was like, do you, do you know who? And in my mind, I'm going, do you know who I am? You know, I'm like, like the last person to be that way. So, yeah, there 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 is that um, there's that overlay of people looking at the performances and thinking that that um, that that hyperbolized character is me. And uh, no, that's an extension of me, but it's it's it's. Uh, it's a reach. It's a far reach extension, you know. And it's 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 a place where I push myself to discover things. It's not it's not me at all. I mean, I'm a very pacifistic person who, you know, avoids conflict. I mean, I'll stick up for myself, but um, I avoid conflict at all cost, you know, for sure. the most part. Because I've I've been through it. I've you know I've been younger and I'm and I've absorbed all that stress, and I just don't want it anymore. And I, and I certainly don't want to be within an ensemble cast someone who, 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 who like demands a lot of attention or needs a lot of things so I, I tend to uh, I tend to acquiesce to the fact that I'm a supporting character and I quite enjoy that because in Skinny Puppy you know my band um, when it comes to the theatrics and the stage show it's a one-man show and it's it's a lot of work so to be able to kind of be a part of an ensemble cast a supporting cast member you know even pushing somebody up higher is is a, is a real joy and uh, you know, a lot of fun for me to do you know a lot less pressure. 
<laughs> so besides Teen Wolf, what else is coming up for you? Do you have anything else you're working on music-wise? Uh, yeah, I've got an Ogre record coming up. We're working on an Ogre record right now that's, that's, that's coming into fruition. And uh, my friend Bill Mosley and I have a concept record that we're going to start working on when we get back. We've been uh, talking about it for a year and a half now, and I've been, I've been holding back on it. He's been going, come on, Ogre, let's get this thing done before I'm gone. You know? <laughs> And I agree. So uh, we have a, we have this concept album of uh, two hikers uh, going into Mount Shasta and uh, and becoming lost. And hilarity ensues. And it'll be based on a lot of uh, songs and uh, a lot of uh, foley and dialogue and a storyline arc to it. So that's what we're working on as well. That's and then another skinny puppy will be coming up. Oh, okay, great. Hopefully. All right. Well, people want to keep up with you. What's the easiest place to keep up with you at? Um, I guess would be my, uh, uh, my my haunted Facebook page, which is Kevin and then a parenthesis Ogre, O-H-G-R, and then uh, Ogilvy, O-G-I-L-V-I-E. And uh, you'll see me as a little picture of me as a six-year-old boy with my monkey on my back, <laughs> my pet monkey, or my little, not pet, is my stuffed monkey, which I loved and was portentous of uh, what the, the real monkey that came on my back a little later on in life. And I'm wearing a Marty the Martian uh, t-shirt. And uh, and then you'll see a picture of me uh, on stage too. The, the larger banner is a picture of me on stage, but the tiny picture, the market picture, you'll find me as a six-year-old with my monkey on my back. <laughs> All right, man, I really appreciate talking with you and taking Pleasure the time. talking to you. <laughs> Yeah, sitting down with Ivic Ogre. That was such a cool thing. And, uh, you know, I went back and I, it's been a while since I listened to it. I went back and listened to it today and he had so many incredible things to talk about, about himself. And, you know, he, he just is such a down to earth person, but uh, he's really making me want to go watch Teen Wolf, which I think I might do tonight. There are a few things that, a few last things I want to get to because it may be another month before I get to talk to you. So you may be able to check out some things between now and then that I've been working on. As I mentioned, Halloween, I've done so much shooting. In fact, I went to a large party on Saturday night. That party was called Monsters Ball at the Fillmore. Took over 100 photos. That's over at photos.metrotimes.com. So you can see all those photos. You can go to my Instagram page, Digital Racket on Instagram, and check out all the stuff there. Every day, I put up at least one photo, if not more than one, to check out. And these are ones that I'll take a photo and I'll do a little bit of work to before I post up on Instagram. The other place you can check my stuff out at is at Raver Magazine. Raver, RaverMag.com is the place to go. Their latest issue has Thrive, my photos from Thrival. It's four pages of pictures from Thrival. They're an incredible show and a really great layout that they did for me in that episode, in that issue. Their next issue, I'm going to some photos in, and it'll come out like mid-November. So mid-November, check out RaverMag.com, see the new issue, Really good magazine, especially if you like the EDM scene and uh, looking at different photos of EDM and, you know, different things of the culture that I'm taking photos of. Things that I'm doing this month, this weekend is a really busy weekend. It's Yomacon or Yomacon. Still not sure how to pronounce it. I'm going to go with Yomacon, but I've heard people say Yomacon. Three days of an incredible anime cosplay, anime, and all the other things that go into that culture over at Joe Louis Arena and at the Renaissance Center. I've been there the past three years. Every year I go, there it's just a, it's a great time, and 
I've never seen as much cosplay as I see at uh, Yomacon. So I'll be doing lots of cosplay photos, checking in uh, some of the events, and I'll be there most of the day Saturday, maybe Friday as well. November's kind of, After that, November gets kind of wide open for me. Not sure what's going on the rest of November. But, you know, it may be a month since we talk. So if you're checking out things in December, I'm actually going to get a booth at the Punk Rock Swap Meet on December 4th. That's at over at the uh, Loving Touch. The Punk Rock Swap Meet is a great punk rock garage sale where people will take all their different things, pop culture items. I'm, I'm going to bring a lot of CDs. I'm going to give away cassettes. I'm going to have a lot of magazines. A lot of stuff that I've been hanging on to for a while that I want to share with somebody else. My stuff is going to go incredibly cheap. So if you don't, you know, there's so much other great stuff there. But uh, go there for my stuff alone. It'll, it'll be worth your while. And I'm going to go super cheap on all my stuff. So that is the Punk Rock Swap Meet on December 4th. And that's a Sunday. And uh, Tesco Via the Meatman hosts that. And he's an incredible guy. I, I always buy stuff from him. I don't even need it. And the last thing I need is more magazines. And he's always got lots of incredible magazines at good prices. So I'll probably buy a few. One last thing to leave you with it is a little teaser for the next episode of Digital Racket. I am talking to two women in comics. And I interviewed them over at Comic-Con. That was, a couple, that was about oh, three weeks ago in Dearborn. Moiko Tamaki... She is the author. She's going to start. This is really exciting. And uh, coming up in December, she's going to be writing The Incredible Hulk. So I talked to the writer of the upcoming issues of Incredible Hulk. And uh, she's done some other work. Uh, really good writer. And then the other person I talked to is Ariel Jovanellis. She is an illustrator. She has just recently illustrated Gem and the Holograms. Lots of other things. They were both fantastic interviews. Very short, about 10 minutes apiece. So they're both going to be on one episode, and that'll be the next episode of Digital Racket coming out in, let's say, the next like three to four weeks. You have that to look forward to. So you keep raking your Digital Racket, and I'll keep making mine. Digital racket.